Welcome to Oakham Bros. I am Eric. I'm Michael. We have Kaylee Smith Westbrook in the house. Thanks in for her, coming, Kaylee. This in, is in her house. In her house. Yeah, in my house. Thank you for having me. This is so fun and exciting. Quar- and a- quarantine edition. Quarantine edition. So I want to just introduce Kaylee. Um, so Kaylee is my cousin. She's my wife's cousin. So that technically makes her my cousin. Um, I've known Kaylee now 15 years. Uh, Kaylee is my creative uh, source for things that I have questions, comments about when it comes to creative work. And um, I want to hear, this is fascinating to me. You're an actress, you're a businesswoman, you're a philanthropist. Um, I want to know, take us to the beginning. Have you always, did you know what you wanted to do when you were a little girl? Um, You grew up in Denver, right? Yeah. So I I was born in Fort Collins, um, and I just vividly remember looking at the TV when I was, like, three years old, and I was like, I want to do that. And it was, like, all I ever thought about. Like, I was a musical theater child. Um, I loved playing pretend. I loved acting. I loved singing and dancing. I was was never good at dancing. Um, But I tried, kind of. Um, I'd, I'd like, show up for, like, half of dance class. Um, I liked that. We took tap, by the way. Well, tap is really fun. And actually, I still tap. I actually started tapping again last year because I had this moment where I was like, why don't I do things that bring me joy? Um, And so I got like one of those um, tap board things that I can pull out in my basement and got new tap shoes. And it was really fun. Um, I was the the big bad wolf in a play because I was the (laughs) only... Yep, yep. I was a big bad wolf in a play and it was like just a bunch of like little teeny girls and like just imagine like this 13 year old bell shaped boy with like my hands were this big but I was about five six and I was tap dancing. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget coming my out. Mom, of- my mom wanted us well rounded. My mom wanted girls basically. Like my mom wanted <laughs> boys. So like, did you think ballet? Uh, she she mentioned she took, it once. She took us to the ballet a lot. We yeah. would go we would go to the ballet on Wednesday nights a lot. Absolutely. Lincoln Center, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, like there was no so like she you know I could ballroom dance and I could sw- I, I swing uh, like I don't do you swing or no? not swing with your no, husband swing but. swing no 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 but like swing swing dance yeah you know what I love swing I took I think in like Cotillion they made us learn swing or something when I was younger. And then right before Adam and I got married, I was like, let's go take a swing class and let's like do a dance for our wedding. And we went to one class and I was so frustrated because they moved so slow. And I was like, I know this, like, let's just get to it. Just like, let's just do it. Um, And so we never went back to a class and never practiced our wedding dance. And when it was time to go out on the dance floor, we just, you know, faked it. (laughs) 100%. The way it goes. We digress a lot in our show because- No, all good, yeah. All right, good. So again, you you played pretend from day one. You knew what yeah. you wanted. Tell us more. Yeah. So, well, my sister was an ice skater. I don't even know if you know this that my no. sister was like a competitive ice skater. And no. my first memories were like my mom waking me up at like four in the morning and putting me in the back seat and driving us to the ice rink, and I would sleep on like the floor of the ice rink while my sister took lessons. Wow. Um, so I started doing that just because my sister did it, but the only part about it that I liked was the performing aspect, and I hated competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I, I think when I was like five or six, because I was literally, I started competing when I was like three, which I don't understand how or why, but um, now looking back. Um, but I really, right when I quit ice skating, was very much like, I just want to be doing acting and dance and voice. And I started going to um, this theater camp called Stage Door Manor when I was nine years old. And I went went for nine summers and wow. it was like the best time of my life. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was the best. It was a sleepaway camp or this was a day camp? Oh no, sleepaway. Really? I, we dropped Tara off when I was eight. And I was like, I want to stay. And they're like, well, you're not really old enough, so you have to wait. And my mom's like, next year, next year. And I came back the next year, um, or I was only supposed to go for three weeks, and um, I didn't want to leave. And Sharon was coming to visit. My wife, for for the the audience out there, yeah. (laughs) So Sharon was coming to visit, so my mom was like, you need to come home, but we'll bring you back if you really want for third session. So I came home to Denver for three weeks and flew back to New York for three more weeks of camp, because I was like, 
that obsessed with this place. Really? Yeah. Did you love growing up in Denver? Um, yeah. yeah uh, yes and no. Like, now looking back, it's so beautiful. I love the fresh air. I feel like I loved, um, I guess, like, compared to even living in L.A. now, I love the not the innocence of it. I don't know what the word is. Just like the suburban aspect. It's, it's, of it. it's pristine. It's a pristine yeah. area. Yeah. yeah. I've never been. We've never been to Denver. You've never been to Denver? Never, ever, ever. No. Oh my God. Well, when we can get back out into the world, you'll have to come out for Serious Fest, which we'll get to later. But. I want to talk about that. But yeah. serious question. I have asthma. Is Den isn't it bad that like, you're like mile up and the breathing is not good or that's just that's a it's a wild wild no it's hard like when i get there when i start like working out and stuff it's definitely different like you wouldn't want to go to the mountains probably right no 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 yeah definitely. yeah um so you were in camp and like did you just come out and said like that's it i'm going to be an actress like did, did you get an agent like how how did that take you how did you get how did you level up how did i level up well i actually got an agent from camp, from stage door. I was um, in New York. I, when I was 16, an agent from Wilhelmina came in with scouting and wow. they had just started their talent division. They had only been a musical theater division. So when I was like a junior in high school, I was flying out to New York on the weekends. Like I got a call on like a Thursday, you have an audition into, or maybe it was like a Wednesday, you have an audition Friday morning for rent. Like I was underage, we got on a plane, I chose my song and I went and auditioned for Rent and I ended up having like three callbacks for Marine. Wow, that must have been no exciting. Way. It was very cool and very nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, Cause that was like my first experience. And we talked about at one point moving to New York. Um, I'm sure my dad put the kibosh on it, but my mom and I, I really wanted to move to New York and just be auditioning. Um, and then maybe at that point too, I kind of like, just wanted to be in high school as well and enjoy that process. Um, but then, I mean, I went to USC and I got my BFA in acting. Um, and when I graduated, that's really when I started like auditioning so, professionally. You did Marry Me, right? Yeah. Was that the show? That was, that was so ahead of its time. Thank you. You know, <laughs> like, like if that, like, like it was too early but like, if it was five years ago, how, when, tell us about Marry Me. How did that happen? I, think I, here. I wanted to get to Marry Me, but go ahead, j jump right yeah, into jump it. Jump into Marry Me, because I, th I think that story is so interesting because you produced your own se like Sex in the City type series. Yeah. Web, web series. Web series, but like this was before, like was like before YouTube, like this was like really before all of that stuff or like just when YouTube started, but it wasn't what YouTube is now. Right. Um, yeah, so get into get into Marry Me. How did you, like, produce your own thing? Yeah, so, so I, I graduated from USC in 2005, and, in two th and I had started, like, auditioning. It's you know, it's really hard to break into the industry. I feel like I'm still trying to break into the industry. Like, it's, yep. it's, it's just, it's insane. It's hard. Um, it's crazy. And um, I was going out a lot for co-stars, um, which are anything five lines or less in a TV show. Um, and then the writer strike happened in 2007. So everything went on hold for like months. And this was like a time in which we were supposed to be like building our resumes. And this is what we we're told to do. You, you book a bunch of co-stars and you book a bunch of guest stars. And then finally like a series regular, like there was this thing they kind of told us in school or the acting teachers that I had like, like told me was going to kind of be like the path. And it takes 10 years to build this career. Um, and everything just went on hold. Um, and my writing partner and I, my, well, one of my best friends from college, um, we started writing together around the time of the writer's strike, I think, probably like 2006, 2007, just for fun. We just had an idea for a TV show. Mm -hmm. And um, after the writer's strike and we auditions started coming back, but it was becoming harder and harder to even get in the room for a co-star because there was like this trickle-down effect where like the people who used to get you know, series regulars were now getting guest stars and guest stars. There was just a weird, more, more movie stars were now doing TV. Right. Um, and someone said to me, go, go and create something for yourself. There's this girl, lonely girl, 15. She's like making these videos. She's become this big thing on like something called YouTube. Yep. And I think at the same time, like Will Ferrell had just done, like had just started Funny or Die. And at, yep. at first it wasn't Funny or Die. It was just like, 
the him with Pearl. Do you remember that video that first came out of him and his daughter with Adam McKay? Yes. Really funny. You guys should go rewatch. Yeah. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where she like comes to the door and she's like yelling at him. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and so I just I had this idea. I was like, okay, if I'm going to, you know, if I was gonna show myself and and create something for myself, what would that be? Where would I? I actually kind of did it backwards in the sense that I was like, where do I have a free location to shoot? I was like, I can go shoot at my parents' house. Cool. Um, what would what role right now would I be playing if it was on television? And I just had this idea about you know um, this trust fund baby whose um, fiance breaks up with her and she um, doesn't know what to do with her life. She had like a clear path and then um, she realizes her her dad says to her you know if you, you have to go get a real job now that you're not getting married and in her head she's like oh I don't have to actually get a job if I just get married so therefore I should go start online dating and just go find a new a new husband right. um and at that point online dating had just like really started um and at the time i was single and i was having some crazy online dating stories so it's like i'll just go like write my experiences and my friends experiences um so we shot it in 2008 and when i was done with it um i would walk into meetings and they would be like so i shot this web series and people would be like i'm sorry what's a web series what? <laughs> exactly so it was like you know it was great because there were you know only I think at that point three four or five of us out there really doing it but you're right we were so early yeah um, and we only sold it to Fox Digital at one point um, but they were trying to figure out what they were doing and who they were and um, yeah it, I mean it's definitely the I'm telling you do it again you, you, you do, do it, do it again. But like, you can do it on TikTok. You can do one minute videos yeah. at a time. Like it's, it, it's, it's so wide open right now. And, if, and the cream will rise to the top, no matter what you're doing and the talent will rise. And if you're good enough, I'm telling you, do it again. You have the chops, you know, you have the connections. Now, now is the time. Like Michael and I were always kicking around ideas of, you know, like we bought the domain name Nightfall Tales and stuff like that. And like, you know, we're we're kicking around the idea, and we were actually going to do start start doing something right before this whole thing happened, because we like being creative and stuff like that. But we wanted to make kind of one minute videos on TikTok of haunted houses. Let's that was say. so cool. Yeah, and um, you know. I'm telling you, it's it's ripe because you can literally go on TikTok and like we I'm posting BLS related things on TikTok and I'll get three thousand views. And it's wow. and it and it's and it's like nothing to do with the market that I'm going after at all. LinkedIn, I'll get eight, nine, ten thousand views on whatever I'm posting. So like that reach is really far and wide on there for like business type related law of attraction type stuff. But TikTok, if you have the time and the patience to figure out because of that demographic of that fourteen to 20 year old, I'm telling you, you can reach millions of eyeballs, millions. Yeah, the whole TikTok thing, I really need to dive into more because I don't- Download I, it right after you get off the phone. Insane. Download yeah. it right after you get off the phone, you're, you're gonna go nuts. You're, you're gonna new, go absolutely crazy. They're the new Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, these people, it's, yep. it, and it's one minute. It's a one minute video and they're hysterical and they're brilliant. And it's like, this is what, this is what entertainment came to? Yeah. Right? No, listen, you, you can't you can't be a snob about it. You have to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And um snobby about it. It's just it's weird. It's it just is. odd that you know, like I like sitting and watching movies, right? Like you were in movies too, right? You you were in a few movies. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. What were what you movie? Well, I actually got my SAG card by working in a feature called Fracture with Ryan Gosling and Davis Trefarin. Right, you were the assistant, right? Assistant. So my first day ever on set, I was stuck in a room. I was stuck in a room with uh, Ryan Gosling all day for two you days. Poor, you poor thing. Horrible. The, horrible. the worst experience of your life, I'm sure. Is right? he, can you like, you know, I want to imagine that he's an asshole, but he's probably not. So and nice. Like really it's, also, too, right? it's also like so awkward because like I'm this random girl who's like sitting there. I don't want to bother him, but like to him, he's been doing this movie. They're on the last two days of filming. And um, I'm just the girl, you know, just the actress coming in and being like, you know, 
Mr. Labruto, Mr. Beecham, you know, um, those were, those were my two lines, right. um, for that day. I did have two more, which were, I think like Mr. Beecham wait. Yeah. Those that's, you know, I spent, um, eight, 20 years of my life prepping for that moment. You did it though. Like you, you listen, we're both, we're both like in the entertainment industry, right? We both have representation. How hard is it? to get to that point where you have a line in a movie. I'm still doing it. I just fired my agent. I'm, I'm leveling up my, my book career, the screenwriting, everything. But like, tell the audience of like, people think they're gonna walk in, they're gonna write a script, or they're gonna have an audition, or they're gonna make a video on TikTok, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna get, how, did, how hard was it to get to that? I mean, I mean, it's beyond crazy what it takes to get Yes. online to book something on a show. And I think about all the auditions I went to and so many of them too. Um, I mean, I went in like five times for The Mentalist for same things like co-star, co-star roles. And twice the director liked me more. I think I knew the casting director. The director, I was the director's choice. But in one episode, I looked too much like the girl who was the, happened to be a guest star that week that was, or that was like recurring, that was on that episode. Right. And then the other time, they decided to go with the redhead. So it's like all of, you know, look, I mean, because clearly we're going to get into like law of attraction. So you can sit here and go, yes, it's so hard. But at the same time, like if I'm creating my own reality, you know. Right. right. Uh, even, even during those setbacks, because ha- I mean, yeah. I have been rejected more times than I've had yeses, clearly, right? Yes. Same thing with you. You've had more rejections than you've had, no, we're interested, come, you know, come to the next round. How hard is it to, to maintain that positive attitude, to, to keep the fortitude of going and going and going and going, I'm going to do another audition. You know, it's, I mean, it's the same shit with me, like with the books. Like, I'm, I'm finishing up another book now and, you know, want to write another one after that. And I haven't seen much out of it, you know, a few hundred bucks. It's... Doesn't, right. put, doesn't put food on the table in my house. I can could, I could tell you that much, but it's fun. How do you have the fortitude to keep going? Is, is you know, like, wh- how do you, what has helped you propel, you propel you forward? Yeah, well, I think one mentality is so important. Um, and this also, I think, goes back to, um, you know, affirmation, staying positive. My um, acting teacher, Diana Castle, that I studied with for 10 years, part of the work and training um, that she had us do every day was one 20 minutes of um, mentality work, which was either reading a passage from Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke or reading something inspiring, um, but sitting down for 20 minutes today, a day and really thinking about why you do what you do. Like, if you really wanna be an actor, you know, everyone always says, if you want to do something else, go do something else. So you have to take that time to kind of tap in and go, okay, why am I doing this? Is because I have a calling. What does it mean to have a calling as an artist and to take that responsibility? And I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this for anyone else. Like I'm doing this for myself, even in the sense, like right now I'm, I'm writing, um, a pilot in a series. And I was uh, on a Zoom call yesterday with a group of people that I didn't know. It was like a collaboration of different industry leaders talking about what we're going through. And an artist was just like, I knew that the minute this happened that um, I threw out my to-do list and I knew I had to transition and nothing will ever be the same. And you know, I had to approach my career as an artist completely differently and become like someone else essentially. And I kind of was like, well, if he's right, that really sucks. Cause I just spent like the past eight weeks of a quarantine rewriting this draft, writing the first draft, rewriting, like it's pretty much all I've been doing. But at the same time, like going into another world and creating this series for me has been an escape from what's happening. And I feel like as an artist and when you like want to go and write and tell these stories, like it's because you, you have this calling. You have to, like, if you don't go and write this, if you don't go and do it, then a part of you feels like it's like going to die or you're not honoring a part of yourself. So I guess for me, like as an actress, a writer, a director now, um, I shouldn't say now cause I've been doing it for a while, but, um, I'm really putting that right now more in the forefront of my career. Um, 
it's, it's really about having that mentality and knowing like I'm doing this for me and I'm doing it because like, it's my breath of fresh air. And it's so hard because we are in an industry with so much rejection. And as an artist, you're putting yourself out there. Like it, no matter what, even when I was walking in the room and saying two lines, it's like, I didn't just walk into a room and say two lines. I imagined the world. I imagined who I was talking to. I created a character. I got dressed. I did my hair. I chose an outfit that I thought this was going to, this character was going to, you know, like just so much goes into that. Right. And it's re I mean, easier said than done. Like I just like have a good mentality, but it's like you constantly have to be cultivating that. And also you have to cry and get angry and you know, well, you, you know, it's, you know, being creative, I'm creative in different ways, but definitely I can associate with, I'm not necessarily a writer, but, um, you know, I enjoy creating content across social media and I feel being creative releases something inside you, you know, and it, but it could be in any form. It could be in writing, it could be in drawing, it could be in creating content online, it could be on imagining in your head or having conversations or, you know, like you, 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 there's plenty of ways to have that type of release. But I think as a person, it's very important that you release creatively what's going on inside your head. Yeah. So you've had, you wear many hats. So you've been a director, you've been a producer, you've been an actress, you've been a writer, you still are these things. What's your favorite? Like, what's the thing that like, you, you're so happy. That's your happy place to do. You know, it's really changed over the past, um, you know, 10 years, let alone less 20 years. I, I, the answer used to be like acting like by far, I just want to act. Um, and it's been really hard lately to actually own that acting doesn't make me that happy anymore. And that it was, it's been kind of something that I've held on to out of pride. Like yep. in many respects, I've had a successful career in the fact that like I've worked as an actress. Um, and I, you know, I, I did a feature film that I produced, I developed, I produced, I starred in, we, went to film festivals. I sold it to the orchard, which is a reputable company. It's on Netflix. Like, but to me it was like, well, I don't have my Academy award. I'm not number one on star meter. Most of these people have never heard my name before. So like, you know, so, um, to get to, in a way it was like, I feel like I'm giving up this dream and I'm like letting down my like inner child. I'm letting down that six year old up like have this dream but like if I'm really honest with myself and I look at like what makes me happy I love directing I love collaborating with people I love being able to work with actors and work with the writer and work with the cinematographer and the, the set designer and the costume designers to create like create a world and in a way like I, I still get that the same feeling I had when I was an actor because um you're you're helping to bring this this world to life in just a different way um and also right now writing because i just you know all the stuff i've directed recently has been stuff that i wrote um and that's a process that takes time you know there's, what the, i want to mention something eric there's yeah. this uh, you know because i've been through this there's this element of um uh, let down disappointment. I don't know what you want to call it, but I always had these visions of grandeur, right? Like when I was in second grade, I would take a video camera, I'd invite my friends over and I'd recreate the movie Goonies. That was my happy place. I always, from day one, since, since I'm in kindergarten, always wanted to be a film director. And I used to recreate Back to the Future and I used to, you know, uh, overlay it. I was, I took editing in middle school. Uh, I took film studies in high school. I was going to go to college to do all this film stuff. And again, you think like you see yourself, you, you visualize yourself walking on the red carpet and, and these people are fawning all over your work. And, you know, and I've had this dream for ages and then I started writing when I was 15 and I was obsessed with screenplays and all this stuff. And then when you get the calls, like, oh, I want to represent you. And you're like, ah, I did it. I did it. I, I got the agent and I got the entertainment attorney and, and, and I'm on my way. And it's six fucking years of being on your way of, um, waiting and waiting and waiting and and getting into we're on the other side of things right like you've done the work you've put in the work you have the representation for the people out there that don't have the representation you think that like it's better when you get it it's not it's not it's so 
frustrating to talk to your agent day after day. What do you got? What's going on? Uh, anything new? How is the script I submitted? Oh, I'm working on it. And, oh, we didn't. It was it was a it was a pass, but we'll figure out Plan B. There's always a Plan B, and nothing happens. You literally, you know, people don't understand the other side of the business. They don't. They don't. They think they're going to get an agent. They think they're going to get their script made. They think they're going to be a director. It's nothing, but you know what? I think that land. Like that. I think that landscape is the traditional landscape. I think is there, and I don't think it's going away. But I think internet and social media are the great equalizer. Where now you can you, there's there's platforms where if you have the fortitude and you want to forego the traditional route, you can get online, and if your content is good, it will rise to the top. No doubt about it. You can go on YouTube now, and if you, if you, if you game the system the right way, if you go on and you create the correct keywords, if you go on and do research about what people are watching, if you go on and you find out hashtags and you do all of those things, and you create the content that people are looking for, you can rise to the top very, very quickly on the internet. Not that it's easy. Very, very hard. But it's totally doable. Eric, explain well. Explain what you've done on social media. Eric yeah, so, is kind of like famous. You know, I, th I think I think it all goes hand in hand. And what I did on LinkedIn was, you know, there's this guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's unbelievable. Basically, what he does is he has a camera crew follow him around. He's he's a prolific businessman. Um, he owns Vayner Media. He owns Vayner Commerce. He just bought Vayner Commerce. Uh, really pro prolific guy. And his his thing is he gives all of his content away for free. So he will go and he'll videotape himself and he'll throw out um, nuggets of information about how to succeed by creating content online. So basically what it is, you create a masterpiece of content. For us, it's the podcast, right? So we have a podcast, it'll either be Michael and I, we'll have a guest, we'll have two guests, we'll have three guests. And then what you go and do is you have your podcast and then across all social media, you clip your podcast. So for Instagram, we would go and post a clip about something that we spoke about here that's relevant to the audience on LinkedIn. We'd have a minute and then we'd subtitle it and then we put nice headers and we do all that. And then I'd go throw it on link on, on, on Instagram. And then on TikTok, we would then go and, and throw something relevant to the audience on TikTok and on LinkedIn where I push mostly because that's relevant to me and what I do for business. I will go and take nuggets of this interview. I will go and create one to three minute clips, subtitle it and throw it on there all week long. And that's the content strategy. In addition to that, we take what we're doing at BLS and we kind of give the over-the-shoulder look into what we're doing. I'll take pictures of the Zoom calls. If we're doing a movie premiere, I will take pictures of the movie premiere. We'll take pictures of the guys washing the cars, meetings and stuff like that. And it's all about creating the micro content and you get noticed. And that, and when, and hold that, on one second. Hold on one second. And I didn't realize when I got noticed when I would go to a meeting with a client with a business event company. And they knew who I was before I went there. Hmm. And they're like, I love your podcast. I love go, um, you know, the, the, the pictures that you post of the cars are amazing. I love that you got Teslas. And I'm like, holy shit, this is working. Yeah. So there's, and, there's different things of fame is what Eric was like. What we're trying yeah. to say is that Eric is actually more famous than me. And I've been writing for 20 something years trying to break into the industry. And I'm a published author and all this stuff. But we walk into a place and Eric, they know Eric, Eric. Eric's here. Eric from Oaken Bros. Yep. And, not like, and trust me, this was really hard for me because because I, I was an introvert. I was I was the behind the scenes guy. I'm the CEO of BLS. I like doing operations. I like having meetings with the staff. I didn't like doing sales. I didn't like doing any of that. Me talking like this, not saying um and you know, is really hard for me. But like anything <laughs> else, it's a skill that I had to work on. And I realized that if I wanted to take BLS to the next level, because that's my goal, uh, I had to put myself out there I and mean, I had to create an online personality. And, you know, when I was doing it with Michael, when I was doing it, Michael was trying to videotape me, right? You said, you know, you know, I, it's, it's hard. <laughs> Michael, Michael was videotaping me and, you know, I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk. I, I, I didn't know what to say. So finally he sat down next to me. He's like, okay, let's have a conversation. And then that was basically the birth of Oaken Bros. We're like, we have to start a podcast and we have to take um, whatever we're talking about. We go online and let's just go talk about it because we have so much to say and we're doing all these amazing things and nobody knows. 
Right. And that's the amazing thing about social media. It's the great equalizer. If you're good, you will rise to the top. If you put in the 10 to 12 hours a day of creating content and thinking, it'll take you there. Yeah. Kaylee, Kaylee, Eric had the personality of Cheese Whiz growing up. <laughs> no, it's the God's honest the truth. Was, the joke was that, like, you know, the entertainers would call the house and book reservations, and Eric and I were young and answering, and I would talk to them and. This, I mean, I've spoken to Tom Hanks and all these people, and I, it was fun to talk to them. But Eric would be like, you know, hi. Hi, Eric, it's Tom Hanks. Is your mom there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no personality. We called him Mr. Personality because he had no personality. And now he's like a fucking little, like, the social media celebrity. So I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I like Kaylee's route of having the representation. but No, yeah. I think it's too slow. I, I think I think it's you know, too slow. You know, I have to look what what you're doing. Like what you just said, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy, and it's moving. You know, your your career and what you want forward, but also like you're doing it with a specific intention. You're not doing it to just become famous, and it's something that like you're driven Correct. and like want to do. I Correct. think where people make a mistake on social media and where you can really see it, and there's especially with like influencers or people who just want to be famous to be famous because they just want to create content to be seen um, is very different. And um, I, you know, I've struggled with like social media and using it because I'm also a very private person and I have had, like I'll go and I'll like start sharing stuff. And then I'm like, I really don't like this. This doesn't feel right to me. And I find personally that, um, when I'm on social media too much, it kind of stops the flow of my creativity. Like I can't write. If I'm on Instagram and I'm looking at other people's stuff and I'm trying to connect, like that doesn't feel good to me as like, a, it's not how like I like spending my time. Um, and so I think it's like, you know, it's incredible um, for people. Like I admire the fact that you went and did all of that and you mm-hmm. created this online world. Cause I, you know, I've hired people in the past multiple no, times. You can't hire. You can't, you can't hire. Yeah. And it's just like, no. I don't, you know, to be no. honest, like with all, with all the stuff I do between, you know, series fest writing and, um, other projects I have going on as a producer, like to take that time of the day, like I don't, I, I don't know. And then you look at someone like Bradley Cooper and yes, I know he's Bradley Cooper and he's like, you know, a well-known actor already and everything, but he doesn't have one social media account. Right. And when I look at that as an artist, I'm just like, hmm. what do I need to share? Like, like I, I guess for everyone listening, it's kind of like, go back to who you are because the more authentic you are. And yesterday on this call too, some guy was talking about how he um, started getting really honest with his social media followers about his anxiety during this time. And all of a sudden he started getting more followers and they started engaging. So I think what you're doing so well is you're staying authentic to to you. And it sounds like you just come out of your shell a little bit. Like it's not like you've created this new persona in a way. It's just like, you're finally being you. And that's what people are loving. Where like, I don't know. I can't, I mean, it's it's something I'll definitely think about, but I just, you know, but like you can take it, you can take it like with what you're like, do a series fest, Mm -hmm. you know, document series fest, have, you know, have someone follow you while you do series fest. And like, that would be the perfect segue into, but then not only that, like you start with that and then it, and then it'll lead into, you'll get more comfortable with it, but it will grow series fast too, because it's an interesting topic. It's interesting. Right. If you do a behind the scenes of how you make a fest, a film festival, that's yeah. incredibly interesting. And I think a lot of people would be interested in how that's done. You hire you know? a camera crew. You have people literally Kaylee just following you. I want, I, I want, and, you and, but, the, but like they'll film you for 12 hours. Sorry, Mike, they'll film you for 12 hours. You make a 20 minute episode out of 12 hours. You take the best parts of what you're doing. And then those 20 minutes, you make one minute clips on Instagram and that's it. And every week you have a new release, but it'll yeah. raise, it'll raise your profile to such a place that you, that you're doing these amazing things and nobody knows that's the problem. Uh, totally. Yeah. That's, that, that's the problem. What is Series Fest? Is it your brainchild? So Series Fest, um, I founded with my friend Randy Kleiner, who I met at Stage Door at Theater Camp. 
her older sister was my best friend growing up and Randy was like my little sister. And, um, after I had done marry me, there, there were at the, at the time there were really two television festivals. There was ITV fest, which was at that time in LA and New York television festival, which was clearly in New York. Um, and we won awards at both. And then I got hip hop at CAA and we were pitching the show and David, my writing partner and I wrote like three other half hour pipes. And we were, you know, and it also became confusing for my reps because they really wanted to push me as a writer. And I'm like, no, I'm really an actor. And I really want to star and marry me. And, um, and right before my wedding, uh, Randy came to me. Well, we were having a conversation. She uh, worked at New York Film Society for many years, which produces 12 film festivals year round, including the New York Film Festival. And she was starting to consult at other festivals. And I said to her, you know, television is getting really interesting and there's so many people like me now create that like marry me you know at that point like four years ago um now people or i guess it was like six years ago at that point it was like you know people are starting to do this more and more you guys should open up a competition for pilot for pilot competition mm -hmm. and she came back to me and she was like this is not part of new york film this is not part of another festival this is its own festival awesome. will you start Right. And I was like, I'm getting married in two months. I'm a little busy, um, but let's talk about it um, when I'm back from my honeymoon. And she came and knocked on my door as I was like moving apartments in New York City with a business plan. And we knew we wanted to start it as a destination festival. Um, I clearly had grown up in Denver. And um, we, in January of 2015, flew to Denver. It was like January 4th of 2015, flew to Denver, met with, um, the film, the film commissioner in the governor's office, he introduced us to Britta Erickson, who's the head of the Denver Film Society. And she was like, yeah, this would be, sounds really cool. So basically Series Fest is a television festival, very similar to a film festival, but instead we do only television. Um, so we have network premieres, panels, um, television sneak peeks, and we have, at the time, we only had an independent pilot competition. So that was January 2015. We decided we would want to launch it in June. Um, and since then, we've now we've transitioned to being a nonprofit. Um, and we did that because um, really the way that our mission statement, as we became clear on it, was really to support emerging and established artists in the episodic space. We wanted to do that through initiatives, competitions, um, and professional development opportunities and to really get the sponsors that we wanted and that were interested. It just didn't make sense for it to be a for-profit, like all like Sundance, you know, um, Tribeca, um, all of those are, are nonprofits. Um, so now, you know, we're going to our sixth festival. We've clearly pivoted, um, to being online for June, but last year we were six days in Denver. We do a big event at Red Rocks every year. So last year we had Stevie Wonder and we, um, curated and did a premiere of a new show on IFC. So every year it's a musical act and a TV premiere um, of some kind. And then um, the rest of the festival is like, you know, we've done premieres from stars and NBC and ABC, HBO. Like I think at this point it's like 30 networks we've worked with. Amazing. That's yeah, amazing. So. That's, but you know, that also proves there's so many different ways you can be successful in Hollywood. You know, yeah. there, there's, there's, so, there's so many different ways to do it. There's so many different ways to slice the pie. And my, my hat off to you, that's, that's living the dream to create, to create a series fest like that. That's, how that's, do you, that's awesome. How, just, how do, can anyone submit? What, what are the criteria? How does it work like that? Can we submit our podcast? We don't, actually, we don't do podcasts yet. Um, I keep saying we need a podcast, but we haven't started in one yet. Um, one of the many things we need to do. Um, so we have an independent pilot competition, a digital shorts competition, um, a collegiate competition, and a late night competition, all that screen during the festival. Um, our submissions are now closed because we're, we're about to announce all of our programming um, that we've selected for this year, but we usually open submissions in like September and keep them open through March. And anyone can submit as long as it's, it's a finished product. So it's not just a script. We do have script competitions. And again, anyone can submit for those. We just don't have any of those open yet. We did just open submissions for, um, we do a, a women's directing mentorship with Shonda Land, Shonda Rhimes company. And we, 
We did that last year and we just announced we're doing it again this year. So those submissions just opened, um, which is really cool. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Do you find that people, like, do you find that um, agents like converge on Denver when this happens? Like do agents sign people that win? What's been the outcome for a lot of the winners? Yeah. I mean, it's really totally different across the board. Every creator I think has had a different type of success story. Um, there's a lot of networking and, you know, as we've grown more agents and executives are coming in like Ted Sarandos, you know, the CCO of Netflix spoke at our opening night last year. Wow. So like we're getting really high level people. We have Jennifer Salty, who's now the, you know, was at NBC and now is um, president mm -hmm. at Amazon. Amazon. She was on a panel. Um, so like, I think our biggest success story right now is we had, um, a director and creator and actor by the name of Neil Pinnock who brought his, pilot in season three called up north after he left the festival he swept the awards like it his pilot was i mean everyone walked out and was just like mind blown um and they won all of the awards like you know best actor best writer best director best show audience award they left series fest they ended up at meetings at uta caa icm um and ended up signing with agents um, and then ended up actually moving, but uh, to a different agency. Um, but they ended up selling their entire series plus another series he wrote that was at Series Fest the next year to Byron Allen's company and negotiated the rights to stay on as the director, writer, creator. So like where most times television, yeah. you know, you have to sell your baby and it's just like done. He was able to really stay in control. You know, I think, Television is so different than film, right? You go to a film festival, you sell your film, it gets distributed, you're done. With television, there's still so much of a development process. What we find really is um, the connections that are made between different creators and different executives too. Like last year, I um, had randomly brought two different people that didn't know each other. One was a director, a, a well-known working creator, writer, director, and um, an agent from ICM, and they met and she ended up, the director ended up leaving CAA and going to her over at ICM and they met at Series Fest. So like, it's not just these emerging creators that are, ha that this is happening. Like people are, you know, it's, it's really connecting um, industry as well, which is really exciting. How big do you want this to get? How, like, like what, what, what are your goals for Series Fest? Yeah, I mean, like, I would love us to be um, 10 days versus, you know, right now six. It's a lot. We put so much programming in six days. Um, we eventually want to be a studio and to be producing and helping, like, picking work. I think, like, the dream is we look at someone like Sundance who has grants and labs all year round and is able to produce and really support. Right. Um, I, that's, I mean, that's the dream for it. That's brilliant. How hard is it to get to that next level, to get to that, to get to Sundance's level? You know, I mean, Sundance, like, yeah, no, no, Sundance has been around for what, 30, 40 years. And like, it's so they've clearly taken time to grow. And what's hot, we've grown so quickly in the past six years. Right. Um, so we didn't think like some of our 10 years goals, we hit at five years. Um, and some of our 10 year goals at this point, especially with what's going on in the world will probably be pushed back, like opening a studio, having like an actual space. Like that was the 10 year goals. We're going into year six. Will that actually happen at year 10? I don't know, but I would rather like grow at this point steadily and, you know, in a good way and not in, in inflate, um, you know, in burst. But, um, right. I, I hope, you know, I hope we have a year 30 and a year 40 and, you know, and we're able to continue on, you know, um, supporting those and, you know, the industry is constantly changing and it's exciting to kind of be at the forefront of that and bringing leaders at the forefront of that to talk about it. Mm -hmm. That's my next question. Where do you see, where do you see the industry going? Where do you see TV, film, um, acting and writing careers? I mean, where... I don't have good news for it, but I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, based on what's happening right now in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that there's, so, I, try, I try not to think about it that much because there's so much uncertain right now and I'm a control freak. And where's my, this is my little, so I just did Deepak Chopra's 21 days of, 
meditate. Can you read that or is it backwards to you? No, that's, that's, right. a, that's an affirmation. I love that. As I let go of the need to arrange my life, the universe brings abundant good to me. So I did a Deepak Chopra's 21 days of abundance. Cool. I'm on day 20, 19, day 20 today. Right. Um, and so I took all the affirmations and I have these little cards. So they're all over my office. Have you seen these? I'm like really mm-hmm. obsessed with this. I, I got it. this from my father-in-law in my stocking because my husband is not Jewish. So we get stockings for Christmas. So it's these scratch arts. Sorry, and this is what I've been playing with the entire time. And then you, so then I can just like take this and like, I like can scratch it off and I get color. Love it. Anyways, um, so I'm, I'm personally, I'm just trying to stay present and not think too much about it because as a creator and as an artist, I want to know and imagine that in whether it's six months or a year or a year and a half or two years that we can be like back on set working the way we worked before. And I would hate to think of a world in which we couldn't continue telling stories because it's, it's tribal. Like it goes back to the very beginning of time to sit around a campfire, to tell a story, to act out a story. And it's, it's important. And what I feel like when I look at what I do as an artist, And when I break it down as like my intention in life, like I feel as an artist, my job is to heal and I heal through story. And so when I'm writing a story, when I'm acting a story, something in me is shifting and therefore I'm healing. And if someone's watching it and whether they laugh or cry or have new thoughts, something in them has shifted and something in them has healed. And so for me in my life right now, I kind of just have to be like, it's keep just know that no matter when it happens, that we'll be back to where we were. I think, you know, before all this happened too, I would say, um, it's really interesting what like Quibi, have you guys started watching? Have you guys downloaded Quibi? No, no, I'd like to, but it's it's interesting. Like, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's clearly what, what you're talking about with TikTok, these short series. And in a way, like I, Adam gets really annoyed with me because he's like, what do you want? to watch and I would rather watch a TV show than a film mainly because I don't want to commit to 90 minutes to two hours I'd rather commit to 30 minutes 60 minutes and then watch four to six hours of it like I'll watch that long but just to commit that long so I get the mindset of it but personally for me like I find it hard like I don't want to watch something on my phone I'm like you Michael you want to watch something on the big TV like big screen you want to watch a movie 100% I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the industry is going. Like clearly the there's people who really love these short minute videos and you can do good storytelling in it, but it's also so hard. Like I wrote and directed my first short now two years ago. We played at festivals this past fall and just formatting a short and telling a story in a short amount of time is so, for me at least, it's so challenging. It's It's harder than writing a feature. It's harder than creating a pilot because you're trying to do so much in just so little time. You know, what's, what's inspirational with what you're saying is you're doing what you're love, you're doing what you love and that's all that matters. And you're doing what makes you happy. And just by default of doing that, you're, you're incredibly successful. And that's, um, that's awesome because you can see the way that you're talking about it, all the different angles, all the different angles of the way that you're being creative is just awesome. Thank I love you. that. I love that, that, that you, that you get to follow your passion and there's so many different ways that you get to do that. I mean, series fest is just such a cool idea. Like I'm totally like, I love that. Like I love the operational type, you know, setting up at the trade show and, you know, you know, picking the hotel, you know, like doing all that type of stuff and then, you know, getting the talent and getting the boards and stuff like that. Uh, very, very cool things that, yeah. you know, like, and you're doing it and it, it you know, it, it just goes to show that if you just, if you put yourself out there and you try, you can do anything. Kaylee, you should have your own podcast, kid. <laughs> you no, really, you're one of the most, you're one of the most fascinating guests we've but, had. But like you, you can talk about movies and writing and, and you can have interviews. Eric, time out. That's what I love about the Smiths, your entire family. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I could sit down with Iris, Michael, Tara, Kaylee, Brian, whomever, Adam, and you could talk about real estate, movies, TV shows, producing, writing, boats, airplanes, whatever. And there will be a full conversation. And that, I, I enjoy you guys so much because 
you, you have, you know, the, the moms and dads around where we live. It's like, oh, did you see the Jets game? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was great. He threw another touchdown. Like, this is what I want to talk about. Like, yeah. this is a young woman right here who created her own series called Series Fest, and she's making moves. She's helping people get their content to the big guys. I mean, this is what I want to talk about. This excites me. This is why I love the Smiths. I really and truly. Thank you. Last you know, question. I, Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say, you know what I think is really interesting too about Series Fest in general, like in my uh, creating a festival is not a goal of mine in my life and it's not something I ever thought in a million years I would do. So if you had said to me, like, in five years you're gonna have your own television festival, I'd be like, you're on crack. Right. Um, but what happened when Randy came to me with the idea and we started working on it, while it was hard and it was a lot of work, there was, it just, it just, things just happened. It was like, it was meant to exist. And the entire time I kept going like, cause I was trying to get, you know, at the time I'd, I felt like I'd wasted a lot of time prepping for my wedding and I wasn't, re I was like auditioning and like, but I hadn't booked anything. And I, I was like, I need to be writing, I need to be directing. And I kept going back and like, why am I spending so much time on this thing that has nothing to do with me as a writer and me as a director and me as an actor? And I just kept hearing, just keep going, just keep doing it. And I was just like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna trust my intuition on this because it feels good and I enjoy it. Yep. And what's really interesting for me about it now when I look back on it um, is I've always wanted to have um, a theater camp. I've always wanted to um, have a camp for under for kids who couldn't afford to go to a theater camp. Because I feel like for me, it saved my life growing up. I loved it. But the intention behind that really was to just give people the opportunity to do what they love, to show their work. And that's what Series Fest is. But I didn't go into it with... It really wasn't about me when I created it. Like really it was like, this is really fun. This is really cool. I get to support other other artists and I get to meet other artists, which is really cool. No but, surprise um, that it's successful. No, no surprise that it's in its sixth year then because the minute you go into something that you want to go and help people with, you know, the, the, yeah. the, sky, the sky's the limit. And that's, that's, that's very inspirational. Ailey, it was the same thing with me with the books. I wanted to be a movie director since five years old. That was the dream. It still technically is, but I, I couldn't do it. it. It wasn't working for me. I, I took the courses. I, I did the stuff. So I, I started to write. And then the writing from screenwriting turned into the books and I self-published the books. And then I started publishing books. So, you know, like you don't know where the universe is going to take you. And, and it still is the entertainment industry. Now it might not be what you want, but you're, but you're good at it. Yeah, you're, you're good at it. And that's, you know, double down on what you're good at. And, um, you know. Start, start a podcast, Kaylee. You okay. 100%. 100%. I'm not doing anything else here. What should I name my, po my podcast? Help me name it. Tea with Kaylee, you know? <laughs> you know, like every day you have to try a new tea and be like, this is what I'm doing. You have such a fascinating life. People all over the world want, want and I know that you, have, you didn't get to that Oscar status yet. Okay, you didn't get to that red carpet. But, but she can make her own Oscars. Right, right. And that's, <laughs> that's, even, that's even what's more amazing. But Series Fest can do that. It's such right. an amazing platform. Double down on that shit. I'm telling you. you. Bailey, you could that's be, you know, yeah, like being, being that celebrity, right? The Kardashians took a fucking camera and now look at them, right? They, I'm telling you. You like you got, that, you that, six day, that six days that you're filming Series Fest, you make a documentary about Series Fest. Sell that shit yeah. to HBO. No, you put we're it on. We're to wait for 2021 for that since that's we're fine. all stuck in a room. But you're right. It's a good idea. I mean, put, it, put that on YouTube. Really Everyone would probably be like, is she getting her hair blown out again? Yeah. No, 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 but, <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's the charm of it. But that that's the charm of it, that you get to show who you are and how you do things. And you know, women love that stuff. They, you know, they, you know, all, all everyone's talking about now is that they can't get their hair done. They can't do this and they can't do that. And, um, I'm telling you document that create a documentary, put it out free on YouTube, make one minute clips about how amazing series fest is. You will be shocked at the amount of eyeballs that will see it and how much that will grow. 
And I want to yeah. mention, Kaylee, this is kind of like the caveat. You can't hire someone to do it. Eric and I got the cameras. We had people helping us. We got the cameras. We, and, and we started. You can, you can, have, an, you can have an editor. Yes. Like, yes we we, we exactly. have an editor. But like, you, have to be, you have to be the brand. It's you. You're the brand. You got it all, Kaylee. You really do. And, and to take it to that next level, I think it would only benefit you. And I think it would bring you a lot more success. It's you are exposure. In- it's all about exposure. Right. Last question. Yes. What, what's your day like? Like, what, you know, what do you like? Do you work out every day? Do you, you know, like, are you on the phone all day? Like, what is, I, what is Kaylee's day? I am like a very ritualistic person. And at least in the morning. So normally I, I wake up, I do my tongue scraper from my Ayurvedic doctor. I brush my teeth. I drink my 16 ounces of celery juice from the medical medium. Um, I sit down and I do my first 20 minute meditation of the day. I do a program called, that I started doing a year ago, the Ziva meditation. It's very similar to TM, but uh, it's a mantra based meditation. And then um, it's, it you start it. You start off with a mindfulness technique, you do a mantra-based meditation, and then you end with gratitude and manifestation, um, which I really love. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's like 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and is then- Is that an app, Kaylee, or is that you have to be taught by someone? So, no, 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 so she started, um, I read her book actually, this woman, Emily Fletcher, and it's, uh, her book is called Stress Less, Accomplish More, but she does an online course. That's 15 days, the first day. The first couple of days, it's only five minutes a day. And then over 15 days, she teaches you how to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. Wow. Um, which is really cool. And that's how I did it because she's in New York and I was in LA and didn't have time to, I couldn't go and do the course. So I just did it online and it was great. That's awesome. Um, so I meditate and then I have my coffee and then usually I work out. I like doing either a bar class, Pilates, lately I've started running with my mask on. Um, and then I want to feed my dogs. And then the rest of the day is like really different every single day. Cause like I've learned, um, I've learned that I need space to write and be creative. So I can't like be like, I'm going to do a serious mess call for an hour write for two or three hours and then do another serious fest call and do this call back to back. I kind of have to go like, okay, if I'm having, this is, this is a serious fest day. This, this day is about serious fest or this morning is about serious fest or a meeting on the house or cause we had just moved and we're doing some construction. And then I have days that are just creative days. Like I can't, I've learned that I really can't go back and forth. Like once I start one thing, my mind and my energy is towards one, one thing. Um, so like yesterday when I was done working out, I ended up not having much to do like on my schedule. So I ended up writing from like 11 AM until like 5 PM. I ended up having a call and I actually felt like writing afterwards. because I was just already in, in that zone. So, and then I meditate at the end of the day, right before dinner. And then usually before bed, I watch some good TV. Tiger King, Tiger King. We only did one episode of Tiger King. Ah. I couldn't I didn't really get ah. into it. Yeah. I was the same way. I, I, I tried no. episode two, Mike. I tried episode two. I couldn't quite get past episode two. I'm going to no. try episode three. You got you to do it. Here's the thing. I started, I'd never seen Gilmore Girls besides like the one episode I did. Gilmore Girls. Shout so out. I started it from the beginning, like March 1st. And I literally just finished last weekend all like 158 episodes like that's all I did for two months so now I'm like opening myself up to watching new things so right now I'm finishing um uh little fires everywhere and then maybe I'll go to tiger king so I have one more question and we always ask this question to every uh every person that's on oak and bros uh inspirational yeah. people um or mentors or gurus or books you mentioned books so we kind of know that but who's been kind of um your inspiration in your life like for me you know it's it's gary v for michael it's like a tony robbins type guy plus you know plus our parents and, and everything like that but like you know who um what what guides you or what what is your inspiration in life um i mean definitely my parents like my dad what he's built from like after absolutely nothing like to me. And I always look to him to, um, 
it was serious fast. Like a lot of this stuff, um, like with Bill's just hearing him talk about, you know, his, his career and stuff. So definitely like my dad, um, Big shout out to Michael and Iris. Yes. And my mom too, like just, my mom is super creative and both of them are super generous and like giving back is so instilled in both me and Tara from them. And so like that and, you know, uh, like Sirius Fest would not have been created without, without that and them. Yeah. Like I think spiritually, I've always, you know, spiritually I've always been um, really curious from like a very young child in a way that like maybe my parents weren't really, attuned to like I think I'm kind of like the guiding one in the family um about it um I have a I have a Reiki master Patty Penn that I work with in LA I'm attuned to my um master levels of Reiki I do EFT with her so we talk a lot um I I just want to mention that Michael and Iris are like not like this like I've spoken to Michael and Iris about spirituality and they're like no no that's 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 not our our thing we're like, I'll talk to Tara and Kaylee. I'll, I sat down with Tara and Kaylee. Was it Del Frisco's or the blue, blue? The first time I met you and Tara, we met in the city. I was dating Sharon and we sat yeah, down. I was like, steakhouse it was, yeah. It might've been Del Frisco's. Probably Del Frisco's. No, I don't think it was that. I think Tara wanted to go to Del Frisco's, but we ended up at a sushi restaurant. Okay. We sat down and I'm like, have you guys ever heard of George Anderson, the medium? They pushed their plates aside. They're like, we're, you're fine. Like you're in the family now. Like it was, yeah. it was such a connection because Tara and Kayla, you, you, don't, you don't have to talk to them for three, four months. And then you get on be like, I had a reading with Thomas John or I had a reading <laughs> with George Anderson. Like th- we are so spiritually connected. The Oakens yeah. and the Smiths that like, it, I love, I love what you do with Reiki, with, with spirituality that like, that's where you went to when you said my inspirations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel, I, I don't know. What, what is it called? Not an indigo child. Is it an indigo child? That Someone told me I was once that when I was like, it's where you're, you come into the earth, the earth and you're like a soul that's meant to like be enlightened and be yes. working on yourself. I feel like I'm always working on myself. Like, yeah. yes, I like Tony Robbins and I listen to some of the stuff. I've never gone to one of his lectures. I love Weird. the movie I did on him. Um, Go watch the Netflix. You're not oh, my guru. Did you watch Yeah, it? I saw that actually at South by during the premiere and I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm almost scared to go to one of his it's, seminars. He's, like, hard, oh he's hardcore. It's very, intense. very, very hardcore. I got, when I graduated, when I got my MBA, um, my uncle Kevin bought me and Eric tickets to go see Tony Robbins live at the Meadowland something. And we went in and we were like babes in the woods. He's like, hug the person next to you. And I'm like, <laughs> What the fuck is this? You know, it, it was it was pretty hardcore. But I'm I'm a Tony Robbins guy. You know, the secret law of attraction. You and I've spoken about this. Yeah, times. I mean, I think too. Like, I mean, I have books over here. What do I have over here that has like all of my spiritual books that I like looking at? Like, did you guys read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic? I feel like you would like that. It's about creativity. That one, like, I love, and that one's been like really inspiring to me like um Shonda Rhimes book year of yes was like really inspirational that I'll go back and read sometimes um the courage to create by Rollo May okay like a lot of I find like a lot of like the creativity and like spirituality stuff um they're like combined to me and like yes. oh the big leap I just reread did we talk about that the big leap no oh that one's great too so yeah um, and I used to love Laura Day's book, The Circle. Did you guys ever read that one? No, no. You're you're, you're like you're on, she's on No, but no. I mean, yeah, you're on a different level. Like I thought that we read a lot. Michael, my mom, like. But you're bringing up books that you know I definitely want to hear about, and that's I love meeting people who love self improvement. Yeah, I mean, what but, else are we here for? Exactly. But you know what? You you meet you meet so many people in this world that just never reflect they yeah. never they never reflect on where where they are or what their five-year goal is or what their one-year goal is and i know you have your five-year plan and like you know like like michael and i do too and like and we map it out together and we believe in having a mastermind group and everyone having the same goal and when that comes together just magic happens yeah. um it's awesome to sit down with somebody who speaks that same language because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
I mean, I'm lucky too to be in LA where I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of it. And I try, I mean, I have a lot of friends who like, don't get like when I say Reiki, they're like eyes go cross-eyed or I'll try and say something like there's just some people that are just not into it or awakened in the way that, that I am, which is fine. But I think I also have a lot of friends that, that are, um, or at least for people who are like supportive of it when I go off on tangents. <laughs> get it. I believe well, me. I, I love get getting, on, I love getting on the soapbox, you know, yeah. I, can, I, I can go off. Now I can. Not before. It was all in my head. I just had to figure out how to get it out. Yeah. But, um, you got a birthday coming up, right? A few days. Oh, this is so exciting, actually. Today is May 1st. It's the month of me. I, same. I know. Both Are you me. not so excited? Happy birthday, Michael. Happy birthday, Kaylee. We're, I'm a day older than you. You know that, right? I'm the 26th. Yes, yes. We're, we're a day apart. Day and apart. because our birthday's always on Memorial Weekend. Memorial Weekend. Uh, Eric does one day. I know, but like people don't, you're on Memorial Day, right? I well, it's every, well, it like moves this year, like randomly on a Wednesday or something, oh, but that's unacceptable. I just, I just have always believed that like my birthday shouldn't just be celebrated one day. It was three days. Then it like got to be like five days, then a week. And then I was like, you know what? The my month of May month. is just the month of me. And first, I'm so excited. People um, don't understand that. Eric's like a January birthday. Like, like who oh, cares? I'm so sorry. I, I bring in, I bring in the new, I bring in the new year. No, 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 no. Memorial Day kicking off the summer birthdays. When I get in touch with a Gemini, right? <laughs> and I'm and like Kaylee and I clicked, right? Like, sh- you know, Sharon's like an April birthday, and she's exactly how she she's an Aries or something. And like, she's yeah. perfect the way she is. But Kaylee and I, it's like, ah, uh, the Gemini's. Like, yes, <laughs> it's so real and it's so true. But yes, this is our birthday month. Eric, go fucking bake us cakes right you now. You Gemini's can't get anything done without your Capricorns. You just know Hello. that. What's Adam? Um, Adam's January. He's January 16th. There you so. go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Those cap- the Capricorns steady, steady, and, yeah. and we, get it, we get it done. Yes. This was amazing. Thank this you. This was so fun. Yes. It was conversational. It wasn't like, like we wanted you to feel comfortable. Like this would have been, the, you know, this would have been dinner at Del Frisco's. Just oh, we, we, had, we had our webcams. We didn't even start with the psychics, Kaylee. We'll do that then, like Kaylee Smith Westbrook Part Two. Oh know? my god! I know we didn't really get into it. I know, I know. I had so much to ask you about, like your journey, and I think that, like, you did Part it. Two. Yeah, hundred percent. Part we'll Two. Anytime. Well, I'm around. I'm not. I'm a. Uh, you know, just here in my house. So. Us okay. too. What are you doing tomorrow? You know. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Oh, and uh, where, so can, where can everyone find you? Like, plug your shit. Just go for oh, it. Oh, at uh, Kaylee Smith Westbrook on Instagram, and I think I'm, t- I'm not really on Twitter. Just come find me on Instagram because that's that's where I am. All right. Sounds All right. good. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop recording, but hang out for a second. Kaylee, thank you. Slide Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. Comments down below, and um, check out "Marry Me" on. Uh, um, it's still on. It's on YouTube, right? Uh. I think one episode's on YouTube, but the rest is on our website, marryme.com. I should put it all on YouTube. You should. You should. should. Like, subscribe, leave comments. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.